Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this identity episode, we will look at the importance of remembering what God has promised, what he's said, and what he's done. One word for remember in the Bible is zakar, and it means to bring to mind, to confess and be mindful. It implies a casual kind of memory. Another word in the Bible for remember is mimnesco, and it means to actively recall, purposely be mindful, to be actively intentional about remembering. This distinction goes beyond simply passively remembering something. It means that this memory changes you, drives you, causes you to think and behave differently. That's the level of remembering that we're talking about in this episode. Let's begin with the truth that God remembers and that his remembrance is wrapped in the truths of his omni-perfection. His memory is perfect because he's omniscient and knows everything, and he is everywhere present, omnipresent. He is all-powerful, omnipotent, and all-loving, omnibenevolent. Every moment of your life, he remembers. And when he makes a promise, whether in the word or to you personally in your life, it must be kept because he cannot deny his nature and character. He is a promise keeper. Hebrews 6, 17 and 18 says, In the same way, God, in his desire to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable nature of his purpose, intervened and guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to him for refuge would have strong encouragement and indwelling strength to hold tightly to the hope set before us. God will even give a visible sign to remind you to remember his promises. Genesis 9, chapter 8 through 17 says, Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, Now behold, I am establishing my covenant, binding agreement and solemn promise with you and with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and the wild animals of the earth along with you, of everything that comes out of this ark every living creature on earth. I will establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the water of a flood, nor shall there ever again be a flood to destroy and ruin the earth. And God said, this is the token, the visible symbol or memorial of the solemn covenant, which I am making between you and me and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I set my rainbow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of my covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring clouds over the earth, that the rainbow shall be seen in the clouds, and I will compassionately remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And never again will the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the rainbow is in the clouds and I look at it, I will solemnly remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, 
This rainbow is a sign of the covenant, a solemn pledge, binding agreement, which I have established between me and all living things of the earth. One thing we learn here is that God's promises are covenantal. That means they are binding forever agreements and promises. A contract is something that can be broken, but a covenant is something God can never break. So that's kind of important. When he gives you a promise and you have met your conditions on your end, he must fulfill his because he cannot deny himself with any covenant that he's ever made. Now let's look at the first covenant that he gave with Abraham, Genesis 15, 5 and 6. And the Lord took him outside and says, Now look to the heavens and count the stars if you are able. Then he told him, So shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Because of this promise, God had, throughout the Bible, rescued the Jews in the book of Esther for extinction. He protected Moses as a baby and then used him to rescue the Israelites and Egyptians. He gave the Israelites a 40-year-long miracle of manna and the water in the wilderness. And he kept the promise of having Joshua lead the Israelites into the promised land after their years of disobedience. The Jews were the natural-born children of Abraham. But we are the adopted children of the promise because of Jesus' work on the cross. We, as New Covenant believers, are grafted in to the promise of Abraham and are counted among the natural-born offspring of Abraham. Let's shift gears now and actually talk about the New Covenant. When Jesus sat with the guys on the night he was betrayed and he taught them about how to remember him with the bread and the wine. What was Jesus actually asking them to remember? He was explaining to them in this time that he was establishing a new covenant. The old covenant given to Moses was complete, and the new covenant was with Jesus. He wanted them to remember what they had experienced and learned from him by walking with him side by side, day by day. He wanted them to remember the lessons they learned, and he wanted them to remember that they were no longer bound by the law, that he came to fulfill the law and restore us to the Father. Luke twenty-two fifteen to 20 said, He said to them, I have earnestly wanted to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken the bread and given thanks, he broke it, gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant ratified in my blood. What is the new covenant that Jesus wants you to remember? 
It is that you are a new creation. You are the new wineskin, the perfected you that Jesus died for you to become. The penalty of your sin was paid for at the cross, and that means you can live a life full of power by the indwelling Holy Spirit. The entire chapter of Romans 8, which includes 39 verses, is worth a devoted meditation. I will pull out just some of the key scriptures in it to give you an idea of what Jesus wants you to remember that he paid for, for you, by his death and resurrection. Verse 1 and 2, Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, is the law of our new beginning, has set you free from the law of sin and death. This means that not only are you set free, you are worthy to be set free. You did not need to be perfect to come into the presence of God for Jesus to do that for you. Verse 4b and 5. But live our lives in the ways of the Spirit, guided by His power. For those who are living according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, which gratify the body. But those who are living according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. God's will and his purpose. God equips you with the power to be free. This is not accomplished by your striving or your effort. It is a choice to live out of what Jesus accomplished for you by the Spirit and not by your flesh. Verse 6, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God, both now and and forever. All deliverance is simply identifying the lie that you think is still true and replacing it with the real truth of what Jesus accomplished for you now and forever. Choose to surrender your mind in agreement with that truth and watch what God can do to change your life. Verse 13b to 17. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually Putting to death the sinful deeds of the body, you will really live forever. For all those who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, the spirit producing sonship, daughtership by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. Allowing is an act of surrender. Ironically, people resist surrendering because they're afraid of losing control, when actually surrendering to God's best leads you out of your bondage into freedom. Verse 28, And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. God will turn around and show you the blessings in every trial when you allow him to help you see things from his perspective. Every challenge you face in your life is connected to who you have been called to be 
and what you are called to do. Your destiny is wrapped up in your life story, and that's why it's so important to remember with God's memory what your life has been and what he said it's all about. Verse 37 to 39, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present and threatening nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If the story is not good, the story is not over. And God's love is the filter to understand all of that. There's a quote from the movie Unconditional from Joe Bradford, the true story main character of that movie, where he said, It ain't a dead end if it takes you where you needed to go. What does God want you to remember? Genesis 3150b says, Although no one is with us as a witness, see and remember this. God is witness between you and me. Remember that God is omnipresent and he's omniscient. So he sees everything and he knows everything. You're not fooling him and you're not alone if you feel like no one understands you. He does and he's there. Mark 8, 17 to 19 says, Jesus, aware of this discussion, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you still not understand or see? Are your hearts hardened? Though you have eyes, do they not see? And though you have ears, do they not hear and listen to what I have said? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up? They answered 12. God wants you to remember what you've seen and heard him do for you already. This is true for what you have read that he did for others, either in the Bible or heard other people's testimonies, and for what he's done in your own life. If he has done it before, he can do it again. And if he has done it for you, have the courage to share the testimony so others will believe that God is real and is who he says he is, and by doing so, you give him the glory. Let your story be something that others can remember to encourage their own walk with God. Hebrews 8.12 says, For I will be merciful and gracious toward their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. God remembers no more. That does not mean that he actually forgets. But the word in that verse is actually the same that we started off with, mimnesco, which means that he chooses to not bring it to mind or hold it against you, the sins of your past, present, or future, because of Jesus' finished work on the cross. Just wanted to throw that one in there, because there are about 16 verses that say God remembers no more, or throws things in the sea of forgetfulness, which means that he's not going to focus on your sins He's seeing you in Jesus's righteousness. Why does God want you to remember? Because remembering prepares you in advance to handle trials. 
John 16, 4 says, I have told you these things now so that when their time comes, you will remember that I told you about them. I did not say these things to you at the beginning because I was with you. Remembering is key to becoming your ideal Christ identity. That is the version of you that God created you to be. Jesus died to reconcile you to the Father so you could become that person. Remembering helps you to live out the lessons that God is teaching you. There are so many important biblical teachings that are punctuated in the Bible by the word remember. It's like saying, pay attention. The next thing I'm going to say is really important. For example, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, Now remember this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows generously, that blessings may come to others, will also reap generously and be blessed. Sowing and reaping is a spiritual law that goes into effect for every thought, word, uttered, and action you take. I have an entire episode on this that I'll link below. There are significant biblical lessons that are highlighted in the Bible by the word remember. So a biblical research on the topic of remember would be quite interesting for you. The good news is that God will help you to remember. Mark 14.72 says, Immediately a rooster crowed the second time, and Peter remembered what Jesus said to him. Before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And thinking of this, he began weeping in anguish. Don't forget what God has said and what he's done. When you forget what God has said or done in your own life, you are in danger of walking away from his covering and his blessings. Many take matters into their own hands, even when God has given them a promise especially if it's just not happening as fast as they want or in the way that they want or expect. Satan's very first temptation is still one of his go-to tricks. Did God really say or do that? I have lost track of how many times I facilitated a God experience where God gave somebody a condition of healing and told them exactly what they had to do and people have forgotten that that entire conversation or encounter even happened. Or they thought it was me that told them that that was the condition and not God. So many times when I'm facilitating experiences with Jesus for healing of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual needs, I am witness to what the Lord is saying and doing with people. The people are fully believing in that moment. And then when I check in with them a week or a month later, they've already forgotten what he said and did. Remember when he said this or he did that for you, I would say? And they would say, oh, wasn't, just, wasn't that just you saying that? No, it was him. And that was a promise. It was not me. And then they have it written down in their journals and they can go back and say, oh, yeah, that is what he said. That is what he did. That is what he promised. The enemy wants you to have amnesia, causing you to wonder, did God really say or do that? Or was that just me and my vivid imagination? Or was it really God? Isn't that exactly what the serpent said to Eve in the garden? It's literally Satan's oldest trick in the book. The truth is that the experiences you have in the spirit are really spiritual 
experiences. They are actually more real than natural ones and have more power because they have eternal rewards connected to them. God is the one that gave you your imagination. And when you ask for him, he answers and responds according to your sincere requests, especially if they are selfless prayers. I remember when he gave me the experience of seeing what the angels saw on the night of Jesus' birth, which I have posted twice, I believe, right around Christmas time on this podcast. It was incredible. After those visions, Jesus said this, All of the shepherds began to share the story of their experience with the angels and the baby, but only two of them looked and watched for me as the Messiah. Many years later, these two faithful men heard of me. They looked for me, sought me out, heard my teaching. They both accepted me as their savior. They were faithful to share their stories of their experiences with family and friends. And as a result, they were influential in helping many others come to know me as well. And they live fruit-filled lives and enjoy blessings with me in heaven today. But not all the shepherds believed. It was all so much for them to take in. And over time, they began to think of the experience as more of a dream than reality. This is like the parable of the soils. Some will have hearts that are ripe and ready to receive the truth and others will not. The fruit of the two shepherds is still growing today. They sought out the truth and believed and shared it with others. This is all that I ask. Be one that has good soil when you experience things with me. This is why the fourth key to hearing God's voice is to write it down. Capture the promises as the Lord is revealing them to you. Confirm them in the word and with other witnesses. But don't forget what he said and did for you. And out of sheer gratitude, it's your responsibility to testify to what you have witnessed with God so others will be blessed. Help them see that it was God that moved you forward, that God that healed you and was moved on your behalf to show up. Let's take a few minutes to talk about something called memory stones. After a miraculous healing or deliverance, Christian Leadership University taught me that we should encourage ourselves to get scriptures that confirm the truth of what God just did, God's identity, promises, and the healing that he just gave you that was accomplished. And they taught us to find a memory stone. That is a physical object that you ask the Lord to reveal to you that will help you remember the promise of what was accomplished. This is exactly why God gave Noah the rainbow. One of my memory stones was a pair of large, round, yellow sunglasses like those from 1970s. They reminded me to put on the glasses of God's perspective because he healed me by reframing and replacing lies with truth of who he really is and his promises of who I am in him. These big sunglasses hang right above my computer screen to remind me that I need to always look through the lens of Jesus's eyes at all times. Another dear friend was given a crown in her spirit. She needed to find a crown because she needed to remember who she is in Christ, the royalty, the princess, the bride. And so she found this beautiful little necklace charm 
of a crown that she wears on her neck now every day. That's what I'm talking about with a memory stone. The Israelites were told that they needed to place stones, 12 stones, of the tribes of Israel to remember what God did when he took them through the wilderness and into the promised land. That story is in Joshua chapter 4. get a lot of people talking to me about how their memory is not great and how they will struggle remembering things in general. And I just wanted to take a moment to talk about the difference between your body and your spirit. Here's something that everyone needs to understand about any physical limitation that you may have. It has nothing to do with your spirit. You are a body, soul, and spirit. You are three parts of one human being. The spirit part of you was created to connect with the Lord. So it's not actually your physical body that's doing the connecting. This is one of the reasons people struggle because they try to connect with God in their body and that's not the part of them that communicates with the Lord. It's their spirit. Even people in a physical coma or have some sort of physical limitation mentally or physically can be encountering God in the spirit at very high levels, and many, many do, come out of life-threatening or near-death experiences with stories of grand heavenly adventures while they were comatose because they were learning lessons with the Lord in heavenly places. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, But he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. It is the enemy's strategy to tell you that your physical limitations like memory or concentration will prevent you from hearing from the Lord. The spirit of part of you needs to be the strongest part of you. That is the goal of the journey, the maturity, and the life in Christ Jesus. When you are encountering God, your spirit man or woman, is encountering God in heavenly places. Your spirit is actually always in heavenly places. Ephesians 2.6 says, And he raised us up together with him when we believed, and seated us with him in the heavenly places, because we are in Christ Jesus. So note that when you believed, Your spirit was raised up together with Jesus and is in heavenly places now. Your special place that we do in these Encountering Experience Experience Jesus podcast episodes is a heavenly place. Your encounters with Jesus are always in heavenly places. Connecting with God is the entire point and purpose of your spirit, and your imagination was given to you for a reason. So to say, oh, just that's just my imagination, that wasn't really God, is to misunderstand that the purpose of your imagination is so that it may be surrendered and used by God to communicate and guide you 
and even create through you what he has called you to become in the abundant Christian life that Jesus died and resurrected for you to live. What does God want you to remember? That's what we're going to be addressing in the Experience Jesus Encounter we'll have in a couple minutes. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. There are actually two options that you can experience with Jesus today. And you can either ask the Lord which he wants to do with you or do them both one at a time. One is addressing the past and one is addressing your future. So after playing with Jesus in a special place for a little while, you can either ask the Lord to take you to a memory from your past, either good or even traumatic, and reframe it for you by showing you where he was and what he remembers about it, and allow him to show you or teach you a lesson so that you may reframe that memory and understand a little bit more about the circumstance about God, and about yourself. The second encounter option is where you would ask the Lord to give you a future promise or remind you of a promise he's already given you about the future that he wants you to anchor and really understand how it's connected to your purpose and your destiny. Ask him to show you how to keep the memory of that promise alive in your heart and how you can create a memory stone of a future promise so that he keeps that promise on the forefront of your mind so that you will not let go or forget it. So choose an option or choose them both, but take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. Well, I hope the Lord has made it clear to you why it's so important for you to remember the things that he has shown you, the promises in the word of God, and who you are in him in this episode. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. 
follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.